So welcome, Ralph. Uh, give us a bit of information about your life in squash, where you're based, what you're doing, everything. Sure. Go ahead. Sure. Um, so I'm based in Ottawa, Canada. I uh, operate a small junior um, uh, junior program here in the east side of Ottawa called um, Squash Gloucester Junior Program. I'm pretty heavily involved uh, as a volunteer in the Ottawa District Squash Association and also in um, the, the larger organization, Ontario Squash or Squash Ontario. So I've been uh, pretty, pretty active in squash as an adult uh, for about the last seven years. I dabbled uh, with squash when I was, when I was in university, uh, which was um, uh, too many decades ago to, re to, to record. But um, my kids found old squash rackets in the back of a closet and they looked at these things and they thought, these, these are very strange badminton rackets. And I said, oh, these are not badminton rackets. And we found ourselves a squash court here in Ottawa and I, I took them on the court and I haven't been able to pull them off since. And so that was about seven years ago. My oldest uh, is an aspiring, um, want, wants to earn his living in the squash industry somehow. Um, uh, we're still trying to figure out exactly the mechanics of that. But, um, and, and my younger son is also heavily involved in the local squash scene here in Ottawa. So um, I myself, I'm not a, not a, um, uh, not a high, high caliber player, but um, I'm certainly highly involved in all of the organization and the promotion of squash. Um, my, my passion is just to sort of see how squash can really be um, transformative in a young person's life. Uh, so my passion is really uh, towards the junior side of the spectrum. Um, and I've just seen it time and time again, how, how kids, uh, first of all, when they get on the court, uh, they fall in love with the game almost immediately. And, and it, it really does, um, it really does bring a, bring a level of maturity um, that, that is, is unique. Uh, in Canada, the, the, the famous sport is, of course, hockey. That's, that's our, our national pastime. And, and it, as a hockey parent, you get your kids to the hockey rink and you spend so much time getting them onto the ice, you know, getting them all dressed up and getting them onto the ice. And then they, they, they actually have their puck, uh, their stick on the puck for seconds in comparison to the amount of time that, they, that the whole hockey experience was. From the time you leave your house to the time you come home, you actually had your, your, your stick on the puck for just a few minutes in, in comparison to the total time. Whereas with squash, uh, they're, they're on, they, they get dropped off at the front door and they're on the court in two minutes and they're, they're smashing balls for an hour or an hour and a half in our case, um, uh, constantly. So, so, and, and, and so that, that very quick feedback is I think where we're, where we're seeing kids, um, you know, learning and learning sort of at a, at a hyper speed. And it's just, it's just a, a joy to watch. And that's, that's been my passion. It's not my career. I work in the software development industry, have for the last uh, 35 years or more. Um, but, but in terms of my passion, this, this is, this is it. Definitely. Okay. So, so what are the challenges? Uh, I, I, to be honest, I don't know much about uh, Canadian squash. Uh, so what are the challenges? for Canadian squash? There's a lot of clubs that seem to be closing. Is that an area thing or is that uh, nationwide? Uh, well, I, I mean, Canada is such a, 
ridiculously large country. Um, I, I wouldn't want to speak for how things are going in the other provinces. In Ontario, um, I think we're doing fairly well. Uh, we're certainly on a, on a bit of an uptick. Um, we've had some really good leadership over the last uh, five years um, at Squash Ontario. That's helped um, the, the, help the different programs grow, not only in, in the greater Toronto area, which is, which is um, I mean, the, the distribution of population in Ontario is, is skewed towards uh, Toronto as the major centre. And, uh, and Squash Ontario has done a really good job of promoting squash outside of that um, general uh, greater Toronto area. Uh, into the regions like like Ottawa, for example. So, but definitely, I mean, the pandemic has has been a been a real sucker punch to uh, to the sport um, here in Ottawa. One club did close um, closed its doors uh, in June, I think, and and so that was a that was a, a pretty significant loss that that amounted to about uh, we had forty seven courts here in Ottawa, and now we have forty one. You know, and that that's going to hurt quite a bit. But I think that I think that I think that there will be um, something that will come up out of the ashes of that experience. I think that there will be a new club, or perhaps even two new clubs, in Ottawa over the course of the next uh, two or three years, uh, once this pandemic is passed. Right. So, talking about coaches, are are there many coaches earning a, a decent living, whatever decent living is? Here in, here in Ottawa, there are two full-time coaches. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to comment on, on uh, how decent their living is, but I think that they're doing well. Right. Uh, they're certainly able to, able to sustain themselves and their families with, uh, without having to do um, other work. Right. Um, but I mean, that, that is, it is difficult. Definitely. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's not easy. Um, it's so not easy. talking in, in comparison to, to the Egyptians, like, with a 16 center court, they have 30 coaches. How are you going to get the number of coaches up? More people taking lessons in, in, in your area, which is pretty vital to the keeping the club. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I'm a firm believer in quality coaching and I believe, um, I believe that, that there's a lot of education that we're going to have to do with, um, with the community as a whole that, uh, these people can't do this for free. They can't do it um, uh, necessarily just as volunteers. Um, so yeah, absolutely. We need to try and we need to try and and you know demonstrate what the value is, right? And and I but but I also believe that that if you can demonstrate value in any any kind of business, if you can demonstrate value for money. Um, customers will come. This is this is the nature of of commerce. Yeah. And, and if, you know, if you have a coach that's just constantly down in the dumps and constantly complaining about the state of the industry and the state of the, of the sport in general, and it, it's always so much better in UK, in the U S or Egypt is always so much better. Um, hey buddy, I'm not interested in hanging around with you. Like you're <laughs> just, you're not making me feel really good about yeah. spending a thousand dollars on, on training with you. Yeah. Cause you've just told me that, in your professional opinion, squash is a dead end. Yeah. Well, if you keep saying squash is a dead end sport, uh, I'm not going to hire you as a coach. Yeah. You know? And and so so, but when you have when you have coaches, and I've seen this, I've seen this here in Ottawa, and I've seen it in Windsor. When you have coaches that that are just bubbling with enthusiasm for their sport and passion for for uh, excellence on the court and off, 
um, oh yeah, yeah, I'll pay money for that. I'll pay, yeah. pay, pay a premium dollar for that. And I think it's all, like you said, it's a question of attitudes. I mean, yeah, that I think a lot of coaches are not commercial enough. They're not actually, they, they don't see themselves as being in a business. I'm, I'm a coach, I'm a business. So I put a cap right. on, I'm a, I'm a director of uh, Pro Squash Academy. Yeah. Um, some will say I'm just a coach. Just by that, I'm just. Exactly. No, yeah. I'm not just a coach. I'm someone who can help your kids feel better, yourself feel better, yeah. you've got problems at home. Uh, it's yeah. not just about squash. Like you say, it's someone you want to be with, you know. And of course, yeah. your squash will improve if you, if you feel better, you know. So that's a Absolutely. lot of thing in within the industry. I mean, talking to Egyptians, they're always cheerful. They're always enthusiastic. They're always encouraging you. The, the ones I've met, so there's obviously, I can't talk for all for Egyptians. Sure. For but sure. that's, they're out getting business. Okay. Yeah, and if, I, and if I dare say it in this particular time, that kind of thing's infectious. Yeah, it, it's catchy. Yeah, um, your 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 attitude, whether it's positive or negative, uh, will will be um, will infect others. Uh, and and again, as you as you just said, Connor, uh, this is true in any business and and uh, any business that that when you when you show up um, at this particular coffee shop, I have to, I have a choice of two different coffee shops, and in one coffee shop, the employees are just uh, I hate doing this job and I'm just pouring coffee and I hate this job. And you go to another coffee shop and they know you by name. They greet you and say, are you going to have, you know, your, your certain whatever order it is? Yeah. And then you talk to both of them and you realize they're both being paid the same wage. Yeah. They're both even being paid the same wage, but one just loves to be there and yeah. loves to do their job. And that's where you go and buy your coffee. Same that's with all about, it's all same about cu- customer service. I mean, comes down to that basically. Yeah. Any yeah. the guy, I mean, they don't get anything more out of it, but their day is better. That's right. That's right. They're, they're probably actually you probably tip them more than you tip the other guys. So, uh, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. how it goes. Exactly. And we have uh, in, in Europe. I don't know the structure. You told me in a minute the structure for America. We have a difference in Europe insofar as where coaches like me are blocked. It's the local uh, bodies, squash bodies. There's in a club. There's the club, the center. And there's the club. The club is the group of players right. and the committee. Right. And they often block the, the coach. So, they, 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 for example, I'm, I'm known to be expensive here. Okay. I, um, I do it full time. Right. Other guys doing it like a third of the price. Uh, they're doing it after their, after their work and they're not right. doing it properly. Right. I have $10,000 or $20,000 worth of equipment. They have a racket and a ball. Right. So this is why it's not working in in uh, in Europe so much because yeah. of these attitudes. So it brought the the value before in Switzerland. Uh, if you're expensive, you're good. Now with the internet, if you're expensive, you're a thief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that, like I said at the beginning, I mean, you have to you have to sort of um, educate people that hey, listen, uh, this this person is providing value to our community, value to our club yeah. and, and is doing that as a full-time job. He needs to be paid or she needs to be paid um, and, and paid a living, like, like a decent, a decent wage. They, and especially like in some cases, um, you know, they've been at this for 20 years. They've, they've, they've put in the time and, and uh, you know, like where my, where my kids are training right now, um, 
they're training with Heather Wallace and, and she's, uh, she's like just absolutely exceptional. And the, yeah. and the, 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 um, the growth that we can see, you know, just week over week is, is shocking. Yeah. Like it's just, wow. But, you know, she's been, she's been watching people swing rackets on balls for, well, I won't date her, but for a very long time, <laughs> you know, for a yeah. very long time. Plus, plus she, she played and she was Canada's top female player for a decade. Yeah. Uh, she's produced several PSA players. Yeah. Well, well, so when she says, you know, this is my, my, my rate, the last thing I'm going to say is, well, can you give me a discount? Yeah. Why would I do that? I don't let anybody do that in my profession. You know, of well, course, because you see, it as, uh, I, mean, you, I don't you, ask you respect. I mean, it's, it's like you say, it's a business. So in, in certain areas, it's just seen as a bit of fun and hitting the ball. So well, don't have a lesson in that case. It doesn't matter. Right. But don't right. say it's expensive. Yeah. 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 So, and, and Basically, and, what I've done, uh, Ralph, is I've gone out and I've got new clients in. Right. So guys who need IT, uh, women working in banks, uh, supermarkets, whatever, it doesn't matter. I've just gone out and got new clients. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, I don't want anything to do with those people who sound too expensive, obviously. And, and you know, Connor, that's one thing that I that I I would really like to hear more about and stress more that when you open up a new club your goal needs to be new players yeah not stealing players from other clubs yeah whatever's happening in that other club whatever's happening with that other coach you know now there's going to be exceptions where uh you know the coach and the player they just are like oil and water and they can't really get along and it's just been a constant struggle yeah okay fine but but when i when i run a club here in eastern ottawa i i want all the other clubs to succeed of course. And if they're succeeding, then it's going to be so much easier for, for me to succeed in, in my little corner of the city. Uh, and to succeed, that means I need to be able to bring in new players, bring in new players constantly. Um, yeah. And not po and poaching is no good, for, no good for squash. But it, it seems like a default, a, a default behavior. Yeah. How do I get, how do I get players from so-and-so? I want to get the top player. And, and to brag about you've got the top players in the city. Yeah. Um, you know, Club A has the top players in the city. Great. We're going to have the top players in the city next year. How? New players. By growing them, by developing them, not by oh. stealing them. No, of course. <laughs> and that's how, that's the nature of competition, right? That's what we want to see. Yeah. So. I mean, um, we, had a, we had a club here. It was a main club in Geneva. And they openly went out to get members from other clubs. Yeah, and they had a policy. They gave you a cheaper rate if it was if you were their second club. So and That's their cool. aim was after that second year you would you would drop the other club. Now right. they've That's all ended cool. up going to other clubs. So what happens is you you fill your club. Now I don't want any anybody else's rubbish. I want to select who comes into my club. And I right. don't want them coming just because of price or because right. I give them a racket extra or things like this. I want juniors or women or guys, but. Uh, you, mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about. You, you want a good clientele in your club, not all based on competition. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So coming back to your son, so there aren't many, like in America, there aren't many PSA Canadian players. They seem to be dying off. However, there the aren't. women are doing quite well. The women uh, are doing well. One um, has gone to Egypt, which is a good move. 
Yeah, uh, Danielle Letourneau is in Letourneau. Egypt, I believe. And, so how are you going to get your, your son on the circuit? Because Holly's uh, in um, Holly's in England. Yeah. I think Philip's going to move. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll move to England. Probably. Okay. Um, uh, David Ballerjean from from uh, Quebec. That's what he did. He's with, uh, as far as I know, he's with Adrian. Uh, he's in Bristol. Yeah. In Bristol. Yeah. And living the dream. So. Uh, I suspect that that's probably what they'll do. And my hope is, go ahead, go and do that for uh, X number of years, however however long you, you can sustain yourself there. Yeah. Um, and then bring it home, right? Yeah. Bring it home and 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 become um, an inspiration for the next generation of juniors uh, coming up. And right. um, that that's really what we we've been discussing this on the on the forum, as we said earlier before I started recording. Mm -hmm. Now you have a lot of Canadian players going across to university in America on squash programs. They're not bringing anything back to Canada. If, if they're not bringing anything back to Canada, right. it's making That's it difficult bad. for Canada right. to, to produce. You know? So there has to be at some point a, a, a counter plan so that existing players pass on to, to new players. Yeah. Without having this ridiculous situation where you pay X world number ones stupid money because they're X world number ones for your ego to say uh, they're coaching me. You know? Right. So, right. so right. I'd be more than happy to see your, your son be successful at squash, but at the same time yeah. thinking about putting something back into, well, not putting back, deciding to uh, dedicate yeah. to, to squash afterwards. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I, so you have to allow people to have, um, uh, to have hopes and aspirations in other fields. So my younger son is also a, a, a quality player here in Ottawa. He plays. We have a city league. Um, so my older son Philip's playing in Division One, and Matthew plays in Division Two. Um, he'll probably, you know, if things open up again, um, he could move into. Division How old is your eldest son? Uh, Nineteen and seventeen. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So um, you know, so the, so they're both playing. Um, uh, quality squash the younger one wants to wants to pursue a career out, outside of squash well yeah. of course you do go right that's ahead fine. that's fine right that's absolutely fine yeah. but he's going to be he's going to be the kind of player that's putting money into a club every month playing yeah. in the house leagues playing in the city league joining in onto the local tournaments um trying to get into the you know some of the regional and, and national tournaments um and and that's how this how the sport grows as well. I think one of the things that we, uh, some club owners uh, uh, make a strategic error on is focusing so much on the high performance player that they forget that, that, the, that it's the recreational player that pays the bills. Yeah. You've got 300 players in your club, uh, 20 of them are, are high performance players, top in the region. Yeah, but what about the other ones? They're the ones that are keeping the lights on. What are you doing for them? Yeah. Uh, you know, do you know, um, are, you, are, you, are you able to help them stay engaged with the sport so that they're coming back? Do you have activities and events um, for uh, a C-level or a D-level player that they can show up and, and feel really good about themselves by the time they've spent a day at your club uh, and not just feel like, oh, gosh, am I ever horrible? <laughs> you know um so because again that's it's that's where the where your day-to-day -day revenue is going to come from yeah 
are those i've, I've seen a couple of uh, good good projects in uh, the uk there's york which i've mentioned york squash club there's another squash club it's community based it's mm -hmm. with uh, i think it's family wells she's a yeah. up-and-coming player and they have yeah. a squash night where all the best players turn up to help the the other players yeah now doesn't mean they don't get to play each other at the end or train at the end, but that is what we need in squash. And that's yeah. why they, they have two courts, they have 150 members. Wow. And they're doing well out of it. Wow. Um, I just don't see that in my area, which is such a shame because that's what I'm all about. So mm -hmm. I see selfish mm. old guys uh, not wanting to play the new kid on the block. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I see that and so much. So I actually, for my area, my juniors are kept to I keep them away from the seniors. Okay. Because I don't I, I wait for them to finish and then later on I'll, I'll introduce them to to adult squash. Right. Uh, and that's such a shame. Right. That's right. such a shame. But uh, yeah, so there, there are clubs around actually doing this. I think we need more community based mm -hmm. and not elitism either in money base, money wise or in level wise. So Right. Your right. son, uh, hopefully, will have a hit with a with his kids. Have a hit with him. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. And that's and in, and in fact, that's why um, that that was one of the reasons why he got into squash was because some of the top players uh, at at the time um, were were say, "Hey, come come jump yeah. on court with us." Yeah. And you could just see. I mean, he just he was just floating six inches off the ground. Yeah. Uh, to be on the court with Franco, to be on the court with with Nick, oh wow! You know, did you did you see me, Daddy? Did you did you photograph me? And so, yeah. as a little twelve-year-old, um, it, it it was a thrill. And and so now, like I remember once, um, boy, the boys were on the court with uh, top players, and the top players, well, I'll warm up the ball, and so these guys would crack the ball, and it would be like one hundred and fifty miles an hour or something, like just bang! It sounds like a gunshot, right? And, and you could just see their jaws drop that, wow, they could make so much power. Did you, did you hear how that was? Well, so now they're the ones that are showing off with just exactly how fast can you hit that ball and, yeah. and, and, and looking to see the little 12 year olds jaws drop yeah. just like they did, you know, and that's, that's fantastic. Um, it's, it's sadly, it's, it's, it's lacking in a lot of clubs. It's you think? In clubs. Yeah. 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 A lot of clubs lack that. It's all based on the teams. I, po I point out the, the clubs that do do it. Okay. But uh, otherwise the numbers wouldn't have dropped, Ralph. Yeah. The numbers well, wouldn't have dropped. Because if yeah, you're I doing mean, that, if your kid's doing that, and you're doing that, then the numbers wouldn't drop if others are doing it as well. You know, but as right. you say, clubs are concentrating, some clubs are concentrating on those 20 players who are high performance. Right. So... Right. I, I go sometimes to my local club and I see the, I think, right, we don't actually need these 20 team players. Right. They're actually suffocating the, the squash in, my, in, in, this, in, in that club, you know, because no one can get a court. They're training Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever. They've got a lot of court time. Yeah. Now, what happened during the pandemic is uh, the first, after the first lockdown, these guys stopped playing all of a sudden new people came along okay uh there were far more women and couples 
and, and and there were some kids, but there are a whole lot of new people because the courts were get. Otherwise, if you go to an uh, online booking system, you see it's always booked. Right. You don't book right. it. Now, right. all of a sudden, because of the pandemic, some of these guys stopped playing. A lot of courts became available, and then the, the new guys come in. And oh, that's, uh, that's what happened here. Probably right. it will happen in, in, in many places. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, we got to get through this pandemic. Like right now, our courts are just completely shuttered. Yeah, have been for a while now. So, um, you know, are you staying in touch with the? Is are you staying in touch with the the players? Is there Facebook or is there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So so um, we're 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 a small enough community that that there's a lot of a lot of interaction. Um, uh, monthly emails that go out. and and then personal one-on-one uh, contacts and, and communications, yeah, definitely, okay. definitely. But it's it's I mean it's like it's difficult, right? Yeah. Let's go for a walk is about as much as we can do. Yeah, I mean I've I'm, I've been doing some training outside with my pupils. With the, yeah, all, all the juniors have turned up. Nice. Lost a lot of the adults. Right. Want right. to train outdoors, but all the juniors are are training outdoors. Sometimes they're yeah. like two two degrees, but they still turn up. You know. Because okay. I've tried to make it a community, so they, they don't want to miss it. As I said, it's minus minus uh, eighteen. Here yeah, I'm right not now. sure they would turn up at minus eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> and and heading down, like yeah. you know, you know, with and once you put on a wind, it's difficult. It's yeah, difficult yeah. to get people out, right? So, so we need to, yeah, we need to get through this this pandemic. It's ridiculous. So, so what's the What's the next step afterwards? Any, any exciting, do you have PSA events? Do you have little challenger events? Um, so yes, we do. Yeah. So I'm, I'm uh, one of the sponsors in the, uh, the JC Memorial cup, which is a, um, a PSA event, uh, women's PSA event that, that runs, uh, every year here. Uh, Heather Wallace is the one that's behind that. Right. Um, it's, <clears throat> so that's always a lot of fun. Um, you know, there's, there's certainly room to expand that. I would love to, to host another um, sort of satellite event or, or yeah. entry-level event. Just, just before we, we go off to something else, while I, while I can remember, uh, the PSA very stupidly stopped qualification uh, events for, for PSA tournaments, basically. Okay. Now, with the pandemic, you can run an event, little $1,000 events, and you can, you'll get lots of locals who can play in it. So if, if you're interested in knowing more about mm. that. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, qualification events basically. So that stopped a lot of tournaments where obviously if, you're, if you've got no locals in the event, right, uh, taking away the qualification where all the locals will be since that killed off some of the, in my opinion, has killed off some of the, the squash. Yeah. So you'll see now in there have been uh, tournaments in France when they could play. Little little five thousand dollars, yep. full of French players. They couldn't okay. get in before. Oh, okay. So, uh, also, now in Australia, there's been a few events recently, and where the Australian rankings have gone, have really plummeted for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Now Australian players could get in these these draws, so it's 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 quite good for uh, local exposure. I can talk yeah. to you about that afterwards. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, that would be very interesting. So even for five hundred dollars, you've got a PSA event. The, the PSA don't sell this well enough. So, right. Uh, 
yeah. you get all you can put your juniors in you can do lots of things yeah so, oh interesting yeah I'd, I'd like more information about that for sure yeah we'll, well i'll tell you about that afterwards but sure. so I've, I've done several uh, um i did about six last year nice um nice it's interesting you know you get to learn things yeah i'm it. sure it's yeah. the kids the kids nowadays they're contacting you on twitter facebook uh sms messages uh textos whatever they call them right right uh, facebook uh, they come from all over the place you have, a, have to have an online online system. <laughs> but, um, so it's Good. different so how uh, how are you during this situation are you working yeah i mean i work in the software development industry so working from home is um very very easy you know so it's been a little bit of a change um i do a lot of mentorship and and used to do that of course face to face uh in our company but now it's still sort of face to face but uh yeah. over a camera right yeah uh, so it's it's been a bit of an adaption uh, uh, uh having to adapt but um but yeah no it's 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 fine for me i'm very fortunate that way and 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 in ottawa um ottawa is a sort of a knowledge-based town there's a lot of people that that work in offices and can can work from home um so you know and so in their regard uh ottawa has done fairly well economically through this through this pandemic um yeah definitely well listen i better go because it looks like your your cat hasn't moved the whole i know (laughs) we we bought the cat it's like it's an awesome life (laughs) it's an awesome life (laughs) so thank thank you for your time well thank you connor it's been a real pleasure getting to know you and likewise and And we'll talk about uh some some small psa events get some some of those juniors playing psa events we'll do that activating them we're heading over to europe as soon as as soon as um that becomes practical and 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 easy to do and when we do we'll um we'll look you up great okay Okay. have a good day Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.